Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Archie and his boys, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And guys you probably know by now are Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hello, Eric. Quarantine sucks. I love it. You do? I don't love what's going on in the world to cause it, but this is the only time in my life I will be able to spend this much time with my children, with my wife, and yes, we're getting testy at times, learning how to homeschool, but it's it's just something in today's rat race society. They're at school, they're at after school, she's grinding 40, 50 hours a week, I'm in this garage, usually by myself, but now I'm still doing this garage stuff, the pod stuff, other stuff. But now when I walk into the house to like make some eggs for myself, all my family's there and and we're we're watching all the Star Wars movies together, all these things where even nerd alert. <laughs> well, I'm in good company with about 3 billion other yeah, people on true. that one. A lot of nerds. But to to be able to not worry about the the general hustle, you know, emails, texts, and stuff like that, but not like a physical hustle out in the world. It's giving me permission to be more present with my family in a way that before this, okay, I don't have anything pressing for the next half hour or hour, and I'm going to do something with one of my kids. But there's this part of my mind that's always focused on what I should be doing for work, career-related things. And that voice has gotten much more uh, subdued and quiet where I'm just feeling this presence and connection with the kids when I'm not actually yelling at them. Mm. You know, like I've taught my kids how to play pig and we're playing pig on the Nerf hoop inside. And it's just kind of stuff where we're all so busy in the daily grind. We we don't normally get that kind of quality time. Fair point. I I am spending more time with my kids and more time with my ex-wife than I ever thought I would because the kids are are with my ex and rather than bounce them back and forth between the two places because we were a little worried that that would expose somebody, they're staying with my ex, but every day I'm going over there. So... What are you guys doing? Are you getting out in the driveway to shoot? Oh, yeah. I my, my ex has a treadmill, so I'm running on the treadmill, usually while the kids are shooting on the basket. Watching the greatest Indiana sitcom of all time. Watching Parks and Rec, yes, going going through it like, like water. Any sitcom that 
features a main character with a like a life-size picture of Bobby Knight behind his desk, you know is a quality television show. Totally agree. It's a great show. But yes, we're playing a lot of basketball. We're shooting. My girls are choreographing dances. My son is cooking chocolate chip cookies and playing piano. We're having a good time. And yeah, it gets testy, of course. But the other thing, I don't know if this is the same for you, but holy hell, do I have a greater appreciation for all of their teachers. Absolutely. You just, you drop them off at school and you kind of forget about it. The idea that there is an adult in there managing like 25 of my kids mm. in one classroom, forget the educational stuff, just the emotional kind of behavioral stuff. They should be paid so much more, obviously. I compare teachers, especially with the younger kids, to professional athletes. They are made of a stuff normal people are not. To have the stamina, the endurance, the focus, the skills to handle that. Like, I go in to pick up my kid, and I am overwhelmed and exhausted just by the presence of these other little balls of energy that have zero focus i can't imagine how people pull that off i i couldn't agree more uh you know also they they do the work that my kids have you know my son has a bunch of different teachers because he's in junior high but my other two have one singular teacher the amount of work that they are all doing to try to make this you know zoom facetime learning situation work is impressive. I yeah. mean, the assignments that they are putting together, the organization, the availability and access that they are providing to to the kids. I hope every kid out there um, has a teacher who's doing that. I know that's, that's foolhardy. I, I will tell you some a sad statistic. In LAUSD, which is, I think, the second or third biggest school district, is second, it second? Yeah. In, is New York the biggest? Mm -hmm. That there was something like 15,000 kids have not signed on to any kind of internet, Zoom. Like, there's just 15,000 kids in the LAUSD, you know, district that when this quarantine and self-isolation started, they've just disappeared. Yeah. And it's super sad. Yeah. And you realize how fortunate, you know, you are to just have... Internet access. Internet access meals to be able to give your kids and it is a scary time it is a scary time but also a beautiful one when you see so much of the good in humanity coming out with so many people doing whatever they can to help those who are less fortunate whether it's 3d printing face shields for those in the medical profession whether it's figuring out how to get meals to these kids who wouldn't otherwise be fed and i really believe I know we're going to get through this. And when we get on the other side, I really believe the world is going to be a, a better, kinder place because we realize how fragile everything we, we built really is. And I'm, I'm obviously making the most of, of this quality time with the fam, but when we are forced to get back out of our caves and start mixing it up again... I hope that I continue to take more walks around the neighborhood and not only smile at my neighbors, but actually, you know, meet some of them and have these little pleasant conversations that everybody's taking the time for now because we don't have anything else to do. Agreed. Unless they're from Purdue or Kentucky, in which case I'm just going to keep ignoring them and pretending like they don't exist. Keep on trucking. So a week ago or so, maybe a little more than a week ago, we got a chance to do something that we don't get to do that often on our show, which is look to the, the future. future. 
Let's and do that again. Look to the future. And we got to sit down with someone coming in that wants to make a big impact on Indiana, probably for the next four years. And his daddy. And his daddy. And it's really exciting. And I loved talking to both of them and got into some basketball talk more than we typically do because this father clearly has forgotten more about basketball in you know, the, the hour or so we took talking to him than we have ever even learned. And it was really exciting. And it kind of completes the 2020 class as it sits right now. There may be another addition in Christian Lander. We don't know if he's going to reclass. But of the three... Trifecta, we got it. This completes it. So hope everybody enjoys. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, here we go. It's time to talk to not one, but two people, one of which has a very bright future at Indiana University. Eric, please tell us about this dynamic father-son combination. If I'm not mistaken, I think it's the first time we've done just a father-son. We've had fathers appear on the podcast, but never as just father-son. Well, this is a unique duo, so this is a great time to start. It is. So I'm going to split this intro into two. I'm going to spend some time introing the father, and then I'm going to do a little on the son. Great. So the father of this incredible IU uh, duo uh, is someone who, in his own rights, was an amazing college basketball player at Bethel College in Indiana, NCCAA two-time national champion, NAIA national champion in 1995. He was a first-team All-American, NAIA, and 2004 inductee into the Bethel College Hall of Fame. As a high school basketball coach, seven sectional championships, three regionals, one state title, 286 career wins, uh, and probably was on his way, I'll just go ahead and say it, to another state title this year. That's right. The season's over, so I can say it. They were going to win another state title this year. We'll get into that. Uh, that's what the father has done. He has spawned a son who, of course, has committed to Indiana University, who won a state championship in 2018 playing for his father. He is a top 150 recruit by virtually every recruiting service that's out there. And most importantly, he was the first recruit to commit in the class of 2020 to Indiana University. Please welcome Mark and Trey Galloway. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be here. So uh, let's start with you, Dad. Uh, Mark, what was it like hearing all of those kind of accomplishments as we did a This Is Your Life in about uh, 60 seconds? Reminders, I guess, of uh, going way back to the playing days and then the coaching days. But um, uh, definitely a lot of been around basketball for a long time, so it's been fun. And Trey, did you know all that stuff about your dad? I did. Yeah, he, he's let me know a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> I left. I left one thing out, by the way. All time when he graduated, all time leading scorer at Bethel College. So, guys, let's get into this. How are you staying sane? Do you have a papa shot in the house? How, how is this working for the Galloway household? Luckily, you know, he, he can walk to the gym, but he, he got kicked out of the gym today. Uh, they've put up signs on our gym. No one, no one can be in the gym right now, but uh, we're, we're sneaking in there. Uh, <laughs> we've got to be more tactful about being able to sneak into the gym. And, um, you know, he's... He asked me yesterday if he should switch over to the Adidas ball instead of the, the Wilson High School ball. And um, now that we just got word uh, about 10 minutes ago that the tournament's canceled, uh, he's going to switch oh. over to the, to, the, to the Adidas ball. Start uh, getting ready. 
So let, let's get into that for a second, because I, I can't think of two people more qualified to talk about uh, what it means to be a high school basketball player or coach in the state of Indiana and how meaningful that state tournament is. Walk us through the emotions. Trey, let's start with you. It's your senior year. You won a state title two years ago, but you moved up to 4A this year, and, and you had won the sectional. Just walk us through the emotions of of what it means that your season was cut short due to, obviously, circumstances that no one could control. Yeah. Um, well, I'd say right now they're kind of just rushing all over the place, um, kind of just figuring out the news from my dad, um, telling me about it. It's just It's really sad to see such a great um, season, kind of almost a dynasty that we, what we created here um, this far with the six seniors that we've had. Um, it just, it's just really, it's really heartbreaking to see it end this way. Um, but at least I know um, going out, we, we left everything we, we, um, we had on the court um, and we, we, were, we weren't satisfied. Um, and it just sucks to see, to not be able to finish this thing out. Have you been able to communicate with any of your uh, teammates here in the last 10 minutes and, and see how they're feeling about it? Right after I heard the news, I texted all my teammates um, and kind of just told them how much I loved them and stuff like that and um, how special it was for me um, the past four years. So it's kind of been an emotional day. And uh, Coach, what about you? How uh, Obviously, you, you've been around this for a while as a player and as a coach now for, I believe, 18 seasons. Uh, what does this do to you? How upset are you about it? Well, I think, you know, starting with the 16 teams that were left, uh, we felt like we had four games, uh, four games to go. You know, that's what they, that's what they told me in the locker room after the sectional championship coach, we got, we got four more to go. And, and, uh, you, you always take it one game at a time, but I, I guarantee those, those 16 teams felt like they could win a state championship, uh, just, just like we could. And, uh, you know, we, it really, for us, uh, for our family, you know, who again, as a basketball family, we, we got to keep it in perspective, you know, cause that's what every coach and every, every leader across the, you know, the world is trying to do is keep this thing in perspective. It's, it's basketball, but at the same time, basketball is pretty important to, to us. And so, you know, we want everyone to stay healthy and, and be safe, but yet, um, it's it just kind of adds to the de- the depression, you know. It's it's sure. a rainy, rainy, gloomy day here in Culver, Indiana, and uh, it's a day that I know I'll never forget. You know, just how I feel, um, kind of empty because, you know, like Trey said, we've you know we've won four sectionals uh, here, you know, at Culver, and you know, back in 2011, that was the first sectional they'd, they'd ever won, and in the history of the school. So to win four in a row and like you said, to have six great seniors go through here and um, leave it all on the floor and play a great schedule. And, you know, there, there are great memories to, to this season. So I don't want to take away from that, but you know, when you get to the state, when you get to the state tournaments, it's really special. How heartbreaking is it for both of you to know that your last game as a father and son coaching combination is has already come and gone and you didn't even know it at the time you know when i when i got the news i just came home and gave trey a big hug because um you know again basketball has has bonded us really closely together because we you go through so much um as a coach player relationship you know and 
Um, I just told him that, you know, it's frustrating because this might have been the best team that I've ever coached. Um, and he's one of the best players that I've ever, I've ever coached. So to not get that opportunity to to either win or lose your last game, I think is is frustrating. Uh, that's probably the best word I can use right now is just the frustration of, of not having that. But um, so that's kind of what we're going through right now, I think, is just um, – we, we, I think Trey is very resilient. That's one of his greatest qualities is he will fight through a lot of things. And, um, you know, that wrist injury that he had, that he's had to fight through this season helped him grow and learn. Um, but this, I don't know if we can prepare for this, prepare our seniors for this right now, because it, it's just unexpected. The, the, the degree of, of, of the severity of it, you know what I'm saying? To- I totally get it. I, I know it's no consolation, but your last game together, you won a sectional championship, which is obviously a very meaningful thing. And I do want to ask Trey, you know, uh, how much – obviously this is your fourth in a row, but this is your first one as a 4A school, correct? You moved up to 4A this year. Yeah. How how satisfying was it to kind of earn the right to move up to 4A and then prove throughout the year that you could play with every big boy that came in and your sectional champion in 4A, does that one... Uh... And if I'm not mistaken, you guys were undefeated with Trey on the court this year, right? Uh, we had we had one loss. Okay. Uh, and that was, that was my first game back to Lawrence Central. Got it. Yeah. So what is... Yeah. Trey, talk a little bit about winning the sectional championship this year in 4A for the first time. It was special, uh, just like the other, other three. Um, but, I mean, I, I definitely thought this year we kind of had a little bit more of a chip on our shoulder um, moving up to 4A because... Um, we, we felt like we were kind of down a little bit, um, and not many people thought we could compete in the four level. Um, so I thought that was our main goal was kind of just keep working along. And that's what we wanted all along was to be able to be playing four a, um, and winning four a, and that's, that's, that was our first step to doing that. Um, and that was when that sectional, but obviously we didn't want to be finished and we thought we could keep going, but that first step and being able to cut down nets in four was pretty satisfying. Now, Trey, how much of winning the sectional championship this year was due to just being a stellar basketball team, and how much was due to you uh, doing a buzz cut to your hair? <laughs> uh, I'd say a mix. Uh, buzz cut, yeah, I mean, it was time for a new look for me, um, a couple of the guys on the team. So. It's hard, this fresh off the news, to look at a silver lining but when you look forward from this point on, do you think it's going to help you and Anthony's relationship that you didn't have to face <laughs> each other your senior year in the high school in the high school finals? Yeah, I mean, I think it's actually tougher um, since we didn't get to play it out and see who get the get the last laugh at it because um, we're always we we'll always think we'll, our teams will be the better team um, and we'll never be able to figure that out, um, which sucks. But uh, I thought it'd been really cool to kind of get that chance to maybe see them in the championship and then um whoever won that with the bracket rights the rest of the time we have with each other which is going to be a lot i see uh, i see some competitive one-on-one games coming up uh, over the <laughs> yeah. next several years uh all right well let's do this we always like to go back to the beginning of the basketball origin story but on this one we got to go back before trey mark we got to start with you and where kind of your basketball origins began where'd you grow up uh plainfield plainfield indiana and when did you find the game of basketball, and how quickly and hard did you fall in love with it? 
in, in junior high, um, I had some really good high school coaches. I, I played for two different high school coaches. Uh, the first one, his name was Larry, Larry Bullington, um, well-known coach, uh, ultimately won a state championship at Pike, uh, but bounced around. Uh, Plainfield was kind of his first job. And he left uh, after my freshman year. He moved me up um, to varsity JV uh, his last year. And then I played for a guy named Dana Green, who uh, coached me for three years. And I, I just, I, I really, both those guys were father figures for me, um, you know, really mentors and uh, just how they respected the game. I, I tell Trey all the time, you know, uh, the reason you wear a tie you know, to a basketball game on Friday and Saturday nights is you respect the game, you know, and they taught me that they, they, they wore a tie when they, when they coached the game because they had that kind of respect for the game. And I always thought that was pretty cool. I said, if I could ever be a coach, I would, I would definitely wear a tie. And I, and I always have. Did you grow up an Indiana fan? There were some pretty good Indiana teams floating around there in the eighties, early nineties. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I love the, uh, Bobby Knight, Gene Cady, um, Used to watch it on Channel Four WTHR, sure. you know, down in Plainfield, and um, I got to go to a game uh, in high school one time, an Indiana Purdue game, and uh, you know they call it. It was actually at Mackey Arena. They called it Wacky Wacky Mackey. And, <laughs> um, you know that was just an amazing. Uh, Indiana won that game, um, and I, I I was probably an Indiana fan because the guy taking me graduated from Purdue and. That's all he talked about. <laughs> My high school coach took us to a um, took us to an Indiana practice before our season. My my senior year, and uh, you know, it was just really fun watching uh, Bobby Knight. And uh, that was when uh, 1990 would have been Damon Bailey had just gotten there, so the ba- Bailey mania was going on. And and uh, you know, going to a practice as a high school kid watching Bobby Knight was every high school kid wanted to go and see that and see what it was like. So I still remember that going with my high school coach to one of those practices. And um, of course I was not even close to being good enough to play there, but um, you always had that dream of, of, you know, obviously playing in that kind of big game, Um, you know, and I think every high school kid growing up in Indiana during that time really knew what it meant you know, to, to play in the Indiana-Purdue game or just to play in the Big Ten. The state of Indiana has always been a hotbed of high school basketball. Trey, you are playing with and against some of just incredibly, you know, talented and skilled players in the in the state. Mark, when you were uh, playing high school basketball, again, the state was loaded with talent. I'm just curious because we love going back down memory lane. Who was the best high school player you played against or that you saw during your time as a player? Yeah, it was 1991. You know, it was, it was, uh, Alan Henderson and, and Glenn Robinson. Um, I played AAU against those two guys and they were, they were just so talented and so good. I mean, Indiana was loaded. Um, you know, I can remember, I can remember an open gym when I was in eighth, eighth or ninth grade. Um, it was Bloomington red. And they came, they brought uh, Calvert Chaney, Pat Graham, um, Eric Montross, Stamen Bailey, all those guys to Plainfield, and we scrimmaged them. Um, actually, it was, I would have been in high school. It wasn't, it was, yeah, after, after junior high. But we'd always have teams come in, and um, we would scrimmage those guys, and they were just really good. And then 
but my senior year, uh, I, I never won a sectional. We always got beat in the Brownsburg sectional, and that was um, uh, Brownsburg had really good players, Jason Lucas and Craig Bruins, and they almost beat uh, Gary Roosevelt mm. in the Lafayette in the Lafayette semi-state. Um, they lost by maybe four points. And, you know, back then everybody went to the sectional. Everybody yep. went to the regional semi-state. And you just got on a fan bus and you went, and we went and watched that. It, it was actually at Mackey Arena, um, the high school uh, semi-state. And they, they lost, um, I think, by four points. And Brownsburg really could have beat them. Um, but he was just – Glenn Robinson was the best player at that time. Uh compared to everybody now you grew up playing in single class basketball but you've been a coach in multi-class basketball what what's your take on indiana having gone that way because the traditional answer here if we're talking to somebody who grew up back then is oh it was better then but you've also been able to have a lot of success with multi-class basketball what's your your take on that well i mean uh, you know, if you're coaching at Carmel, which, which I did, you know, you've got 5,000 kids, you, you, you love one class, you know, you won, you love one class because you're going to have the most kids to choose from. If you're coaching at a school like Sheridan, you know, you, you don't want that. Uh, Sheridan's a 1A school with, you know, a lot less students than what Carmel has. So you're, you know, you've got two different perspectives. My perspective on it is, I do, um, I do like the one class. I think it's one champion. Um, I think, you know, again, when, when we won the 3A, you're still wondering if you're good enough to, to win the 4A. And I think uh, Trey's kind of – he's kind of built that same way like I am. Um, you want to try and be at the highest level. You know, when even though I played – NAI college basketball, I always wanted to schedule. Uh, I wanted our coach at Bethel to play Division One teams. And, hmm. you know, we wanted to play Notre Dame. We wanted to play Valparaiso teams around here where we could try and compete and beat them. I think Trey's kind of wired that way. You know, we're, it, be, going to Indiana, he's. I think he's going to want to play the best and beat the best. I, and I, just like we yeah, Trey, yeah, like we did here. when you won the 3A title in 2018, did you feel like, I mean, obviously winning a championship is awesome, but did you also feel like, I want to take on the 4A guys? Like, let's set up a pickup game and let's just let's see roll the ball out there and see what happens? Yeah. Um, I mean, when, yeah, when, when in that 3A, I mean, it, it, was, it was tough to kind of see, like, the next game playing after us because – we we thought after winning that we could play with anybody, um, so we I think it'd be really cool. It would have been really cool to kind of see where we're at. Um, but like like I said, this year getting the chance to play in for it and try to prove ourselves is really special, and it kind of just sucks to see it be cut short. Now, Trey, I wanted to ask you as your dad was listing off kind of these great names of Indiana high school past, like. I don't. I don't. I. I have trouble naming Glenn Robinson because I hate him so much. Oh, because, I can't believe you, know, you said it. I know. But I'll say Damon Bailey, Alan Henderson, Calbert Cheney, Pat Graham. Uh, what do you know? Growing up so so long after those guys were at their peak and and the stars of Indiana, what do you know about those guys? Do do you have you gone back and kind of looked at the history of Indiana University basketball at all? Yeah, um, a little bit. Uh, kind of just looking like. I say it all started like Spice um, at Spice Jim Rats uh, court, and kind of just having all those pictures of the national championship teams up there. 
um, and kind of asking my dad who some of the who some of those guys are, um, and kind of walking in that front area at, at Bloomington um, and seeing that stuff. It, it's just really cool to see all the past history. Well, look, there's this great podcast called The Hoosier Hysterics. <laughs> you have a little time on your hands right now. If you want to get caught up on the history, we got some back issues for you. <laughs> so, Trey, let's talk about your origin and, and how you found basketball. Obviously, son of a coach, uh, which always brings its uh, benefits and challenges. But what do you remember as being uh, a young kid as your first kind of uh, meeting with the game of basketball? What's your first memory? I'd say just going to all the Carmel games um, with some buddies uh, and kind of just watching how, how how cool it was, just kind of seeing all the Carmel players, players grow up and kind of just going to those practices and, and being able to take in everything and um, having my dad as a coach. I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. Um, and like I said, just kind of growing up around the game, I think has really helped me tremendously and kind of just having a feel for everything. Uh, so I'd say that one of my first memories is definitely just being able to go to different games um, at Carmel and going to those practices and kind of just watching it and everything. And what, was there a moment in your youth where, you know, I mean, you, you, you're just assuming you're going to be playing basketball. You're the son of a coach. You're always around it. So, of course, you're going to play it. But what, was there a moment where you sort of took ownership for yourself and you and be like, man, this is my thing, too. It's not just something I do because of my dad, but I want to excel at this. I want to compete at this for my own self. Yeah, I think it kind of just naturally happened. I mean, there were, I don't think there really was a time where I kind of knew it, knew where it happened. I think it just naturally happened because I love I love the game so much, um, and I played it so much all the time. And throughout the, throughout all the years, I kind of just kept developing my skills and kind of developed the love and passion for the game. It kind of just came naturally. Now, one thing we do have to bring up here that that does not make me happy and will not make a lot of people happy, but we got to talk about it. Because your dad was able to coach and help develop a phenomenal basketball player in the state of Indiana who chose to go to Duke University, (sighs) Josh McRoberts. I understand, Trey, that you fell hook, line, and sinker in love with Duke basketball when that was all going down. Is that true? Yeah. um, I mean, once he he went there, that's kind of the first team I started watching growing up. Yeah, that's a problem. Look, but a, the fact a, that you it's the, a redemption story. It is a redemption story, yes. And we're gonna hit something that Trey did after he committed to Indiana and when we get when we get there that, that redeems it forever. But um <laughs> what when you were growing up, Trey, was there a player I mean maybe it was Josh, but was there a player, whether it was in college basketball or professional basketball, that you looked at and said, That's I love how that guy plays the game of basketball. That's kinda how I want to play the game. I'd say there was, there was a bunch of guys that I kinda looked at throughout kind of just watching because I, I, I've watched so much basketball in my life kind of like it's being part of my life um so I, I don't know if there's one player that I kind of wanted to do my game after but I mean obviously Kobe was one of my favorite players of all time growing up watching him um and all the highlights he did but I, I don't really think there's one player um that I try to model my game after or look after I, I just like kind of taking bits and pieces from everyone um in the NBA and college basketball and kind of just um, being able to survey a bunch of bunch of different guys. One part of your game that, while you surely deserve credit for developing, but you have to thank your dad and your mom, Dawn, is your athletic ability because you are a hell of an athlete. And we love asking people 
to give us the memory of the first time you dunked the basketball because you are talking to two guys who couldn't dunk the basketball with trampolines and an eight-foot basket. So give us the first time that you dunked and just walk us through what you remember of that. I remember there's, there's this one time in eighth grade. Uh, I remember dunking. My first time dunking was after a Culver game, and they just they had just lost the game. Um, and I was pretty, I was pretty upset about it. And I was kind of just messing around with some buddies in the upstairs gym. And I, I, that was my first time dunking, um, was like eighth grade winter. Um, and that was pretty cool memory for me. Did your friends freak out? Yeah, most of them did. They they kind of, yeah. And then once you did that, was it, was it something where you could do it all the time after that? Or was it like you couldn't do it and you were like, wait a minute, it did happen though, right? Uh, no, I couldn't do it consistently for a while um i i think once i got to freshman year that's when i can consistently start doing it um because my dad always says it doesn't really count unless you can do it in a game um so i didn't do i don't think i did it all freshman year and then freshman spring um and at the end of the the year freshman year i I started doing it in like aau games um so i think that's when it really started counting (laughs) so now we assume that there is a tutoring going on from father to son throughout your childhood but when you entered uh enrolled culver military academy was that the first time that that mark you actually became trey's coach or had that happened already uh, i coached him in in aau uh as as an assistant coach i was i was ironically i was never his his head coach until he got to uh to culver so i was always an assistant in an assistant role so it was was actually uh, pretty low key, and I I really enjoyed that. Um, you know, just sitting off to the side. Um, his first coach, um, kind of an IU connection, uh, Jack Barry uh, from Carmel. His son actually plays football for for Indiana. Uh, was his first coach, and actually Todd Leary, uh, his son played uh, with Trey hmm. uh, on a team out of Carmel. So I used to go to all those games, all those practices, and watch and you know, they'd come over and talk to me about, you know, thoughts and ideas. But since I wasn't sitting on the bench, I wouldn't really share that much. But then in AAU, I, a team called George Hill um, was his first AAU team. And, and I would sit on the bench as an assistant coach. And that was a lot of fun. So was the first time as a head coach was when he got to Culver? Correct. So, yep. what was that like, yeah. Trey? Were you excited for that? Were you nervous for it? Well, Same for you, Dad. What kind of rules do you lay down for each other in that? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'd say I'd say it was pretty exciting. Um, I mean, he's always kind of been my coach um, throughout my whole life, kind of just coming home and kind of talking to me. So, I don't think it was much of a change, other than kind of just not being able to talk back to him on the court. <laughs> I try my best not to, um, but I I thought. Um, it, it was overall, it was really good. Um, and kind of the transition wasn't very hard. And, and now I did read that, uh, your mother, Dawn, sometimes has to step in to be a mediator at home. Is that just a, a dynamic you guys found over these four years at Culver is how to, to still be a big, happy family when, when you guys had some, some issues on the basketball court? She does a great job of kind of just, um, kind of splitting us up and kind of, letting us both know that we're kind of being selfish um we're going at each other and uh we can we can all talk to her whenever we need her and she's she's there for both of us um it's not like she chooses sides on anything um so she 
I mean, she usually does choose my side most of the time, but, <laughs> but, but if she knows that there's some stuff that I'm not doing um, right, she'll she'll back my dad up and kind of just um, tell me what I'm what I'm doing wrong, kind of help me out with stuff. <laughs> now, Mark, for you, how was it being father and coach at the same time? When when you would see Trey do something great. Were you able to enjoy it both as a father and a coach when it happened, or do you have to put the father stuff aside till after the game? Just kind of walk us through, you know, what that dynamic was like for you and what it's been like for you the last four years. Yeah, I mean, a couple things. Uh, she, you know, we were in the gym yesterday, and she, uh, Dawn did beat us. She beat us both in horse uh, yesterday. So really, we have, we have to admit she did. Uh, she did beat us <laughs> in horse. Uh, we all finished with uh, with one win, and we had to, we had to walk away. Um, and no, so, but she, wait, she, I got to know, Mark is is Dawn throwing up trick shots? Like, what oh, kind of game does wait. she put in there? Oh, you know what? Yeah, I, I I'm wrong. Trey had two wins, and we yeah. each had one. Oh, but, okay. Uh, he was sure uh, to point that played, out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's he's holding up two. Yeah, we we uh, we played uh, Tippin Horse. I was being nice. I was being nice to her. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what is tipping horse? I don't know what tipping horse is. So you, let's say it's you play it like regular horse. If you miss, you get a letter. But if you if you miss it, the the two other people under the rim can tip it in, and you get an extra letter. Oh, so, I like that cutthroat. I yeah. like it. So you can use you know obviously athleticism helps because uh, you can you know if if you miss your own shot, you can go tip it in also, but. Um, the, the biggest thing is you're just, you're playing regular horse. If you, if you miss and someone tips you in, you get an H for missing and, and the tip counts as a letter. Why, why do I have the feeling that Mark, you're working on some box out, uh, techniques, uh, on Trey to keep his <laughs> athleticism away from the basket? You got it, man. You got it. Yeah. The other, the other, going back to your question, yeah. um, you know, being at a boarding school has been nice because, you know, he, he can all, he doesn't have to come home. Um, right. He'll listen to either one of us. He can go back to his dorm room and get away from us. And, and that, I always thought that was a great thing being at Culver, uh, because, you know, he just, he doesn't have to come home and just, if he's upset after practice, he can go, you know, get away and I can get away too. And it's good. But, uh, Dawn is like Trey said, she's the ultimate, um, mediator in a lot of those, you know, situations, um, you know, he, he didn't, he didn't start his freshman year. Um, and a lot of times I had to sleep on the couch because of that. <laughs> now, wait, Trey, did you think you deserved to start as a freshman? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> now, um, but I, couldn't, I couldn't say much about it, but I, I definitely thought I should have. Now, Mark, Mark, do you, looking back at it, think that he did not deserve to start at that time, or were you just trying to be so conscious of not playing favorites for your son? I don't know if it has anything to do with playing favorites because, um, you know, one thing I told him early on is that, you know, and I would say this to any anybody coaching their own kid, it's it's probably better if you're really, really bad or you're really, really good. You know, if you if you're in the middle, you're going to give that coach. That's uh, uh, going to be hard with your own kid. Yeah, my dad was so happy that I was really, really bad. Like that was <laughs> that was great for my dad. It made it real easy. <laughs> really, with Trey his freshman year, um, 
we met as a coaching staff constantly and just said, he's probably the most mature that can, that can handle coming off the bench. You know, it's not going to, he's, he's not going to get upset. Um, he's going to be a great teammate about it. And that's truly what it was, even though, you know, he was trying to prove himself every day in practice to earn, you know, the ability to start, um, his coming off the bench really helped the, the chemistry of our team more than anything. So that's why we did it. And, and Trey, you alluded to earlier, you know, this dynasty that you guys have built in your time there. And Mark, you had mentioned the six seniors on this year's squad. When did, and I'd like to hear Trey, you first, and then Mark, when did you guys realize this was a really special group that had just showed up together and, and how important was it for all of you to push each other through the years to achieve everything you have? I mean, I'd say after our junior year, um, after kind of losing that state championship and knowing that we had a, we had a special group coming back, um, and we, we still had a chance to redeem ourselves and kind of, um, show what we're made of. I thought, I thought after that, we kind of knew how special it was kind of just seeing that we've been at two state championships and already won three sectionals. Um, and I, I thought we had something to prove our fourth year. I, I thought we really did, um, prove it by winning that sectional championship and kind of just battling through adversity and stuff like that. So I think after the junior year and kind of just taking it all in after this year, it just really showed, um, that, that some, all, all the special things that we had. Well, well, how many of the seniors this year were involved with the the championship run? Was that was that a young squad, or did you have some upperclassmen then that were largely responsible for that, along with yourself, of course? With this year? No, no, but your sophomore year, that's when oh. you won the title. Was that you yeah. and some juniors and seniors, or was that all part of your class already coming on strong? That, that had some... That was some. It was basically our class was the sophomores, and we had juniors. We only had one senior that year, um, so yeah, but it was mostly sophomores and juniors. Um, I don't think any freshmen, but yeah, it was it was really all sophomores and juniors and one senior. Mark, when when did you see this group of young guys around your son and realize you'd been around the high school game for quite a bit at that point? When did you know you had such a special group? When they came in as freshmen, um, we knew. Uh, you know, we knew we had some, some guys that could play. Um, but it's, you know, it, you know, we, we lost 30 games in a row, uh, back when Trey was in, you know, uh, fourth grade, fourth grade and fifth grade. And so for kids to, if you're going to come to Culver, you got to come to Culver for more than basketball. And, Mm -hmm. and that's, that's what a lot of these kids ended up families committed to Culver academically and, you know, knowing that it was a leadership academy, uh, they they wanted to come here for more than just basketball. But also, they saw the fact if they were basketball players, um, you know, Trey Trey's pretty fun kid to play with. Um, and then, you know, getting to come here, um, I, I knew I, I knew that we could have something special, uh, especially with you know Deontay Craig and Nick Hittle. Uh, those two are very uh, unique in what they, you know, what they bring to the table. I mean, Deontay's going to Iowa to play football. He's an incredible athlete, an incredible teammate. And then really, quite honestly, not having Nick Kittle last year uh, hurt us in our state tournament run. Um, and it really showed up in the state championship game when we didn't have, you know, a 6'10 guy 
to put out there that could really stretch the floor and shoot the basketball and then add another defender and another rebounder uh, with his kind of size and skill set. So Nick Hittle is, is a, is a difference maker. I mean, he's going to Indiana state um, and we didn't have him last year, you know, healthy and he couldn't play. So that hurt us. But I knew, you know, when they were freshmen that if we could just stay healthy and keep building, uh, we would have a, a pretty good four years of basketball and, and, uh, Trey's right after their junior year I think um, we knew there was going to be adversity there always is every season but you know we felt like we played the number one schedule in the state at one point back in December and January according to the Sagarin we had the number one schedule in the state so um, yeah I think I think we had a, a special group for sure. Mark, I want to go back to the idea of you being coach and dad at the same time because Ward and I are both fathers to sons, as well as daughters, but fathers to sons. And when my son, like, gets his one line right at the school performance of, like, the Pledge of Allegiance, I lose right. my mind and want to burst out into tears. I don't know how I would ever handle the success that Trey has showed and the, and the, the progress that Trey has made throughout his career how do you balance just wanting to be a dad and happy to have one of the best college, one of the best high school players in the country as your son, and also the coach having to make sure that he fits into what you're trying to accomplish for the team? You have to, you know, this is a good time for us to slow down and reflect on now his four years. I think, I think I, I try and do it every, every spring, but you know, again, AAU gets, gets cranked up. So you're going right in from high school season into AAU. And so you try and enjoy AAU. And yet, you know, well, I wasn't coaching him in the spring in AAU. I got to coach him in the summer. I, I was an assistant coach with Indiana elite, but you know, you're sitting up there watching him, wanting him to do so well, um, even in AAU, but you, you almost don't have a lot of control over it. So, um, I think now's a good time now that we know that his high school career is over. Um, I can sit back and reflect um, on what he was able to do, but, but you're right in the moment, man, it's, it's emotional because you, you want to celebrate when he has a big play, but yet, you know, we always tell our kids think to the next play. So as a coach, I was always thinking the next play, the next game, the next practice. Um, now that that's over, I think it's it's fun to go back and just maybe watch some of his videos and and uh, you know just reflect on it. Um, and I hope Trey does that too. And and I hope we can we can have some some pleasure in that in a time where it's it's uncertain and it's it's actually quite frankly scary right now out there. So for sure, it's yeah. a good time to do that. Yeah, yep. and a time Trey for you to be like, see, Dad, I was really good. You should, you should just have lightened up a little. I was really good. <laughs> you did win a state championship together in the state where high school basketball means more than any other state in the union. Can you take a moment now to just kind of share what that felt like when the buzzer went off and you guys knew you'd won it all? What was like that to, to celebrate with your team, with, with the Culver family and, and with each other on the ride home? I mean, yeah, it, like you said, it's it's just special knowing how how great Indiana basketball is in the state of Indiana, um, and it was just a really cool experience just to be a part of that and be a part of that team that was so special, um, and to make that run, uh, 
it was just really it was really incredible because we we didn't we didn't really know what we could could accomplish until um, we got to the tournament and when we started running, winning games it was just really really crazy experience but um, just taking it all in and kind of looking back on it now it's just um, it just shows how 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 fun it was and um, I'll be I'll be able to um, take in that memory forever um, with all, with all the guys and my dad and my family obviously and Mark how was it for you. Yeah, 2018, we we played Bossy in, in December, and they, they beat us uh, pretty good down at their place. And then uh, to get to, to get that redemption, to have another opportunity uh, to have them win coming out of the south, and have us win coming out of the north, uh, it was it was fun. It was fun to to be able to play, you know, your best basketball in March, and that's what you always strive for. And um, you, you want to be playing your best basketball this time of year. And it, it is, you know, it's fun to go back and probably look at that. And like you said, um, you know, you grew up in Indiana. So, you know, cutting down nets, uh, I think, means a lot more to, to our communities in Indiana than a lot of communities around the country. And, you know, when you leave this state, uh, you you really start to understand that and value what it means to to play in these great gyms and play in front of fans and people that actually care about uh, high school basketball. So I think, yeah, you know, five years from now, 10 years from now, 15 from years, 15 years from now, it, it'll really mean uh, something more than it does right now for, you know, for our kids and, and even for me. So um, it's, it's fun. And, and I think, uh, you know, what he's headed into with, with Anthony and hopefully now Christian and, uh, you know, Jordan, um, you know, it's going to be fun to, to see that happen down in Bloomington and Assembly Hall get cranking up again and, and really win some Big Ten titles and, and do even bigger things than that, which is get to a Final Four and hopefully win a national championship. Oh, you are just giving us the red meat that we want to hear. <laughs> I might be pumping my fist here yeah. in the air. So <laughs> let's, let's get into Indiana and uh, Archie Miller and the staff and the recruiting process. Trey, when did uh, the recruiting process really kind of kick into full gear for you? And tell us the first interaction you remember having with uh, Indiana. Um, I'd say it was start of so it was it was sophomore year, um, and that's when it really really started to kick in. I I think it was. It was one. I went to the, we went to the team camp um, at Indiana. I forgot what summer. I think it was my freshman freshman year. After your freshman. After year. my freshman year, um, that summer we were at the Indiana team camp. So that would have been um, Archie's first year in Indiana, right? Like he yes. put that camp together. He came in in April and then put that camp together for that summer. Yeah, um, and we were there. We were there. And I, I thought I played pretty well, um, and play, actually played a couple guys that uh, Indiana and I played Jerome. Um, nice. drum hunter, drum hunter. And I sure. think Rob, Tennessee. um, and so I got, I think I, I kind of got under the radar a little bit, um, at first, that first time. And that's when it really started and kicked off with my recruiting with Indiana. And, and for you, Mark, you've been around, uh, your own program with good players like McRoberts at Carmel with big time coaches coming around to recruit these players. What, what were your impressions of the way coach Miller and his staff went about their business and in, in recruiting? Yeah, I thought I thought they were really 
you know, Coach Miller, Coach Ostrom were really steady, and you know the evaluation process was good. Um, they didn't, you know, they didn't offer right away, which you know I thought, quite honestly, right after that team camp, uh, I, I thought I thought they would. You know, I thought Trey played really well. Um, we had a, you know, we had a good day as a team, and he had a good day as a, as a player. And they called us in into um, to meet with him in his office. And um, my wife and I, Dawn and I, were really, you know, pretty nervous. We thought, okay, he's gonna, they're gonna actually offer a scholarship, but they didn't. And I think that kind of kept everyone hungry and w- wanting to get that um, that offer from Indiana. But you know, you just, you know, you you focus on the task at hand, which is getting better. And, uh, that's what I think Trey continued to do. And, uh, that, that helped, but you're right. You know, um, it coached, uh, Brett Finkelmeyer and Daniel Moore who, who were walk-ons down at Indiana. Um, and so had kind of gone through some of this. So that, that's definitely, that definitely helped, um, I think in the process, but, um, I, I think those guys, at Indiana, Coach Ostrom, Coach Miller, um, work as hard as anybody. So I think they're going to have some success. Well, Mark, I'm really interested because it's rare we get to talk to somebody who knows the game as well as you do. I would think that you in the recruiting process, and Trey, you had other opportunities and other schools that wanted you, but I would imagine, Mark, you were really studying what do these schools do what are they saying to us, and how does that match up against what we actually see in the games? What is it that you see or have seen over the first three years of Archie and staff being in Bloomington? What do you see about the way they're coaching this team and developing this team that you like? What Help us as Indiana fans understand uh, beyond the wins and losses, which which obviously are not the, the best picture to paint so far in the first three years, but what, what should we be looking at, and what were you looking at that – that made you confident it would be a good place for your son? The one thing that sticks out to me is, as a coach and as a dad is that um, Coach Miller said one time uh, to Trey, he said, you and I share the same DNA, which is which really stuck with me. Like, okay, what is what does that mean, the same DNA? And I think it's the, the competitiveness. Um, I know that Coach Miller played for his dad and, you know, I've heard stories about how they used to butt heads and go at each other. And I think it's very similar for us. You know, I mean, we, you know, we both want to win, not just the game, but every possession. Yes. So I think, I think Archie Miller has that, has, he's coaching every possession. You don't want to have to coach every possession because you got to trust your players, but you can see it. I mean, he's coaching every possession and, and hanging on to it, which Trey and I both do. So I think, I think we're both, um, we've just got that competitiveness in us that um, I'm excited for everyone to see that with, uh, with Trey and with coach Miller. Cause I think, I think the thing he said that Trey's pretty even keel where he can handle, if it gets really good, he can handle it. If it gets really bad, he can handle it. So that's, that's what, to me, that's what I would want if I'm at, if I'm at Indiana or anywhere where Trey could have gone and played, you want a player that's going to be consistent and be able to not never too high and never too low. If you got that, you know, you're going to be okay. 
And and Trey, when the offer did finally come and you decided to be the first in the class of 2020. Well, let's hear how the offer came. I would love to hear that oh, story. Okay, yeah. So take us through when the offer actually came and then the decision-making process, however long or short it took for you to say, yes, that's where I want to play. And, and, and what were the factors that led to that decision? Yeah. Um, well, it happened. In, uh, they offered in um, late April. Um, it was like, it was an in-home visit at my house, uh, and they came. They came on like a weekday, and I, I, I think it was the same day they offered Anthony too. Um, they came. They came to my house. Uh, we kind of just talked about some things, um, and talked about like the past and all all the stuff they've been, they've seen in my game and stuff like that. And so they they offered, and then um, they stayed on me pretty hard um, those next couple months um, with with calling me with really calling hard. me yeah with calling me every day. <laughs> Um, really hard yeah so i got through june um i got through may first and then um got through june to the the first au session and then um it kicked back up in july with the next au session and then um we played in we played i think it was yeah we played in alabama um i finished that and then we got to california with no coaches there um i came back i i got i got an offer from like ohio state but um i think I, i knew by then, I already knew where, um, where I wanted to go. Um, it was already in my mind, um, but I didn't really tell anybody um, for a while. I actually told I actually told the Indiana coaching staff before I told my parents about it. Oh, <laughs> wow! And Mark, um, Mark, how'd you feel about that? Uh, kind of get in line. I was about the fourth or fifth person. <laughs> <though>. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, they. Um, Coach Ostrom actually called me, and I was planning on calling him later that day. He called me that morning. Um, and I kind of gave him the news there and he was really, he was really shocked to hear it. Um, cause I didn't, I wasn't really hinting at it at all, but, um, I just thought I'd break the news. And then that Friday I, I announced it publicly, but I, I called it, I called him on Monday. So that whole week they knew, um, and my family knew. So I, then I announced it publicly on Friday. And to follow up on Ward's question, what, what was it about Indiana that, what was it about the pitch? What was it about the campus assembly hall? Why did you end up picking Indiana over all the other crappy schools out there? Yeah. Uh, I'd say one thing was just the history of Indiana basketball. Like you guys touched on a lot, just like all the things that have gone into Indiana basketball, what, what makes it so special. Um, and kind of the relationship I built with coach Miller and coach Ostrom, who was the main recruiter for me. Um, and I, I'd say they were probably the first school that really started to recruit me um, and stayed on the longest as coach Miller came to almost all the AAU games um, that I had. And so just that relationship I built with him and the, what, what I thought could be something special at Indiana um, with the guys that are there now with Armand and Trace and Rob and some of those guys that I know already um, and kind of being the first one to commit in our class and trying to, trying to get some other guys. And uh, so I was one of the main reasons. Well, you did a, a great job with those other guys. Uh, the two of them, of course, from the state of Indiana, Christian, who we're going to find out hopefully sooner or later if he'll be a part of your class next year. And and then, of course, Anthony, I was wondering about 
you guys going around the country as an Indiana team? I don't know if you had had any of those other uh, uh, how many teammates were from out of state, but I, I assume it was mostly Indiana guys. I know you came out to L.A. and you you took down the you know the L.A. team, and I just remember the sense of pride that you guys are are going around the country as the ambassadors of high school basketball in Indiana and representing us so well on and off the court. How excited are you to take that chemistry you guys already have and put it on display down in Bloomington? Yeah, I'm very excited. Um, I mean, just that wish I have with Anthony and Christian, I mean, with, with Christian being his first first year with our, on our area team, I thought we really bonded really well with him. Um, and towards the end, I thought we started playing our best basketball together um, in California and in Alabama with those last two AAU sessions. So, I, I think I'm just really excited, and I think they're excited as well. Um, and kind of, like I said, knowing those guys already there, Armand and Trace, some of the younger guys, um, and going going and doing those official visits, I, I feel like that was really connecting for all of us. And I, I feel like it was just the start of everything. Um, it, what could be really special in Indiana the next couple of years. And, and Mark, what do you see in these kids that I assume you got to watch a good amount of these AAU games? Uh, wait, you coach, you coach them. I'm sorry. Um, that, that what are they going to bring to Archie Miller's program? Uh, not just as, as freshmen, but as they go through their careers there. Well, I think, I think Anthony and Trey complement each other really well, you know, um, I think what what Trey does so well um, is his versatility. You know, he can dribble, dribble, pass, and shoot. Um, you know, this year he was able to play the point against, you know, when you look at some of the athletic teams who played like Crispus Attics or Cathedral, uh, Bowman Academy. I mean, the pressure, you know, handling the ball, he handles traps. He can get by people and use his athleticism. So he's, he's got the – he's a breakdown guard. In, in that respect and he can get he can create shots for others but then you know he can he can also finish at the basket and and make make shots when he needs to usually it's he's not a high volume shooter so he'll he'll always he'll always take the best shot available he'll pass up a good one to get a great one and then Anthony is you know Anthony's ability to knock down shots he's a he's a really good spot up shooter you know when you when you stick him in the corners you can't help off of him um you know and he's made shot after shot um i've seen him make big shots but also just you know he's he's got that toughness about him um that trey also has um they're 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 hard-nosed defenders i mean they're they're gonna fight you um and try and keep you from scoring um and they get they get just as upset if they get scored on or if, if they're missing shots. So I think, I think you want that, you know, if you get scored on, are you, are you upset about that? And they have a little bit of chip on their shoulder because they're probably not highly as ranked as some of the other kids out there. And, you know, that's, that's fine. Um, whatever motivates you is, is, is a good thing. So um, I think they complement each other really, really well. And then Christian, is such a dynamic uh, guard. Um, he reminds me. I, I coached against Mike Conley. Oh wow! And mm. he he reminds me of Mike Conley because he's left-handed, um, and he's he's got he's got that quickness off the floor, uh, the bounce that you see in a guard. I don't know if he's, um, you know, I don't know if he has that 
stop and go like Conley has. I mean, he's it's close. He can he can you know get up and down the floor really quick with the basketball, and then he can you know see the floor at a high speed. You know, kind of like Conley does. Conley's a little better shooter, maybe, but uh, you know he's had to work on that. He wasn't as good a shooter in high school as maybe Christian is right now. So um, Christian will keep you honest from three. But then he also has the ability to dunk on you um, and, and see the floor, um, you know. So he's he's going to be I mean, he's going to be very dynamic as 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 a lead guard, and he can play off the ball too. So um, that's it's going to be interesting to see how good he can be because um, he's you know he's young. Um, if, right. he, if he reclasses into the twenty twenty, he's going to be young, um, and I, I think I think they're all going to play together well and and um you know it's it's just fun to see those two because they're gonna you know they i think they all three of them know what it means to put on that indiana jersey that that and that is obviously something that indiana fans worship well Uh, we talked about those early 90 teams we all grew up watching mark and how many of them were from indiana and, and to have these three guys committing, and then we talked to the Geronimos the other day, and Jordan is clearly an Indiana kid who just happened to grow up on the East Coast <laughs> with his tenacity on the defensive end and, and willingness to compete. So I, I think it's something that the whole state loves to see our own kids representing the university and and bringing us back to glory. You're exactly right. I mean, it's 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 going to be a good mix, and I think that's what you what you need is – is a good mix of, of kids coming together and and then also looking out for each other. You know, I think uh, for us as parents, having uh, having the Leals down there, um, there's already – I just think there's going to be good chemistry. I mean, I don't think Trey or Anthony will come in thinking that, you know, they're not going to back down from competition within the Indiana ranks, but – I also think they're going to respect the the upperclassmen and, and let them lead. So I, I always think um, good leaders can be led, and so I think it's going to be collective responsibility and having having the Leals down there, and trusting Andy and his parents, and and knowing what Bloomington's like for you know eighteen and nineteen year olds. I think they're going to do the right things off the floor also, and I, I I'm really excited about that that they'll. They'll be good, good representatives off the court as well as on the court. There are moments for the, really for any basketball player who's played at Indiana that we remember fondly. There are little moments that happen typically on the court, whether it's the AJ Moye block or clearly the Christian Watford shot, you know, things like that 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 sear a memory into your mind and make you love that person. For Trey, I got to tell you. You already had one of these moments for me, and that was after you recruit got after you committed. You'd put together a little box and put it outside <laughs> your house and took a picture of it and posted it. Tell us the story behind that picture, and for those that don't know what I'm talking about, please. I'm being vague, so you can tell them what you did. Please tell us what you did. Yeah. Uh, well, honestly. It was that was my, I was on my mom. Um, <laughs> yes, I love Dawn. <laughs> yeah, she. Um, I did. I didn't know. I didn't know she did it until some of my friends actually texted me and sent me some pictures of it. Because um, she like she literally took all my Purdue clothes out of my room 
and she took all of her like because we had we had a couple couple of shirts of like couple of, my dad has some produced clothes too so um she took all of it and kind of put it out in a, in a, in a bucket and kind of just, um whoever wanted it could get it <laughs> uh, so, a free giveaway yeah. <laughs> someone someone came and got it so. uh well uh, we if, should if, find that person if i could have gotten there soon enough i just would have lit it on fire yeah exactly <laughs> Uh, when that happened, though, when I saw that, I thought to myself a couple things. I know it's a silly thing, and, and it's great that your mom did it, but it shows a couple things. One, it shows that the family understands what it means to play at Indiana University, and it shows that one of the most important things when you become an Indiana University Hoosier is you got to hate Purdue. And sticking it to them publicly a little bit there was a nice, fun way to do it, and I loved it. it Shots just, fired. It was perfect. <laughs> so, listen, before uh, I, I, we love your, we love talking basketball, and I want to talk a little bit more basketball because I loved listening to Mark break down your game. But I want to get to know you, Trey, a little bit outside the game of basketball. So we're just going to ask you some questions about your personality, things you like. Fire away whatever comes to your mind. So, number one, favorite movie of all time? Uh, Rocky, the Rocky series. The whole, which one? You got to pick one. Uh, three or four. Uh, I'll probably go with four. Yeah, yeah you got to go with Ivan Drago. You got to go with Drago. Yeah. Okay, what what music is in heavy rotation right now on your phone? Uh, I like a lot of rap music and then kind of like EDM music. Ooh, EDM! And Boy, any, we got a yeah. we got a young guy on our a, any, show. I like EDM. Do you really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Favorite TV show? I don't really I don't really watch TV shows much. Um, I mean, if I if I have to, um, it's usually SpongeBob or something like that. <laughs> or, All right. Yeah, keep it light. Are you a YouTube guy? Practical, impractical joke. Oh, that's a good one. Impractical. Yeah, I like watching YouTube a little bit. And is um, there like a channel? I'll, I'll get on to watch some some basketball. Oh, there you go. I like that. All right, so. Uh, there, there's some there's some there's some fishing YouTube channels out. Have you watched Jared Jeffrey's fishing show? I have not. Oh yeah. Yeah, you a former Hoosier has his own fishing show. Former You're... lottery pick and all American, uh Jared Jeffries. Really? You gotta check that out. Modern fishing. Oh, wow. and he, he is a funny, yeah, entertaining I, I guy. That's yeah. cool. Uh all right, so Trey, you you the the answer to this cannot be go to the gym and play basketball. You have like an hour where it's just you. You can do anything you want, any activity, not basketball related. What would you do for fun? Probably go on go on a boat with some friends um, and go like wake surfing with them. Um, nice. that's, that's one of my favorite things to do. How how yeah. wonderful is Lake Maxincucky to grow up on as a kid? I spent some time there. That's just a wonderful setting for for high school. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's super beautiful. Um, and there's, there's a, in the summer, there's a lot of more stuff to do rather than the winter. Um, so I, I definitely stay busy. I remember uh, there, uh, just kind of off of the pier. I mean, quite a ways. We had to take wave runners out there, but there was a little island out there. Is that thing still going on? Like a sandbar. Yeah, yeah. You could it just you could kind of just sort of go up on the wave runner and sort of run around there. It was pretty small, but it, it was a little a little way to get away from the parents for a few minutes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's still there. Favorite food? Uh, probably like chicken fingers or pizza. Are you a chicken wings fan? Uh, they're boneless, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. well, at Buffalo's in Bloomington, I don't know if they took you there on one of your visits, but Buffalo's, yeah. incredible boneless wings. Incredible. 
Yeah, no, they're really good. I've been there a couple of times. And and you've done Mother Bear's Pizza already, I'm sure. No, I have not. Oh, Mark, you mm-hmm. got to go with Trey and go to Mother Bear's Pizza. Yeah, yeah. I've heard. I've heard. <laughs> it is. It is the greatest. Okay, let me get into. You got to get into the gym, right? They're gonna let. They're gonna let Trey into the gym at Culver. They got to figure out how to to let you guys do your thing. What do you guys want to work on together? Between now and the time, Trey, you get down to Bloomington, how are, how are you going to get yourself prepared for the next chapter in your basketball life? Keep getting stronger. Um, uh, kind of upper body and lower body, and then um, kind of keep building consistency, consistency with my shot um, and staying in the gym and keep, keep getting reps with it. Because um, I, I think that's one thing it takes to be a really good shooter is just constant reps. And so I'll, I'll, I'll definitely stay in and um, keep keep working on my shot and keep um, keep getting shots up. And have you been told like the mechanics of your shot? They're solid, and you're just supposed to keep working it and getting in the reps. Or is there going to be any tinkering with the form? Right now, I think I think the form's solid. Uh, there's just some stuff that I can tweak up a little bit um, when I kind of just making my shot the same every time, rather than kind of um, shooting a different. Um, so I'm trying to kind of just, shoot it the same way every time, build that consistency. Um, and I think that's one thing that really helped me. How cool is Evolve Apartments? Oh, they're, they're incredible. Um, it's super nice. I went in with Trace and Armand's, their, their room, um, and then some of the, Justin Smith and other guys. Uh, so it's, those are, those are super nice, super nice rooms. When we talked to Jordan Geronimo about what were the things that made him want to commit to Indiana, he brought up two things. He said Assembly Hall and Evolve Apartments, and I'm not sure it was in that order. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, what are you most excited about, about becoming an IU Hoosier, Trey? i say just the history of it and uh, the fan support um, and kind of just what, what I think um, could be something special with 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 all the guys and um, the coaching staff that I think we've talked about. Um, and now, now it's just a matter of going, going and doing it. Um, trying to like, trying to make tournaments and um, make some, make some runs. So the, the, those are some of the things that I really um, look forward to. How much is it going to blow Jordan's mind when he comes in there? Now, keep in mind, he told us he's never played in a gym in front of more than 500 people before. You've played at state championships in Indiana. Is his mind just going to melt out of his ears the first time he plays in Assembly Hall or what? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's a, it's a lot different playing in a small crowd compared to a big crowd. That, that feeling, it's knowing all those fans that are to watch see you play is something special. I, I really enjoy it. So, Trey, we are giving you full credit for Anthony committing because you committed first. We're giving you full credit for Christian committing. How good of a player is Trey Kaufman in the class of 2021? Um, yeah, he's, he's really good. Uh, kind of, I mean, it's, it's tough to talk about him a little bit. Uh, I'm coming off last year, losing to them in the state championship. Right. Uh, but, no, he, I think over this past spring and summer, he's really evolved this game. Um, in different ways, uh, kind of being able to put on the floor and shoot it, um, kind of being like a stretch four. He, he, he's really good. I, I mean, I haven't seen him. I didn't. I didn't get the chance to see him play at all this year. Um, but I'm sure he had a great season. Um, do you? So, uh, yeah, do you have good. a relationship with him? I, I do not. Um, we've caught. We talked a couple times, but I have. I haven't really got a chance to really 
um, talk to him much other than in person. Well, hopefully you will for three years at Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> now, 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 Mark, I want to ask this. Uh, your son is, is heading down to Bloomington. Uh, how are you going to be able to, to work it between your coaching duties at CMA and getting down to, to now be your son's biggest fan and, and not have to worry about uh, the coaching aspect? Yeah, I mean, I, I told everyone it was I was going to just take some time, which I'm going to do right now, and not make it an emotional decision, you know, whether, whether I want to continue coaching or not, not coaching. So, um, you know, it's, it's, I'm going to meet with our administration here and kind of see, you know, what, what type of flexibility I will have if I, if I do want to go watch him play, um, you know, cause even three hours away, is, that's going to be a, a tough drive down and a tough drive back. Um, someone told me if you keep coaching, you're just going to be really, really tired. Um, so that's something I got to think about. Um, I would say if I do keep coaching, um, his mom will go to a lot of probably every game mm -hmm. if she can. And, uh, the games that I can't get to, I'll just watch on TV. And, um, I think Trey understands either way. I want to ask one question. Trey, this may be harder for you to answer, even though it's about you. Maybe, Mark, you can speak to it. Um, I don't, we've talked about Dawn and her great choices for putting Purdue stuff out on the curb. I like that. But you also have an older brother that, that I know has been part of, of your life as well. And the thing that strikes me the most about you, Trey, and everything I've read about you, any interview I've seen with you, and even spending this hour with you, is you have a maturity level that is rare for... I mean, truthfully, it's rare for even freshmen and sophomores in college. And and I don't have that level yeah, of maturity. But neither one of us do. And obviously, your your brother um, had special needs, and you grew up with that in, in your life. I'm wondering, Mark, do you think that has helped Trey become a, a man quicker than most would have had to? I'm glad you brought that up, the, the, the compassion uh, side of it. You know, he's got, a, he's got a really good heart and a compassion to kind of feel for others where I, you know, like you said, I, I don't, I don't have that capacity. Um, I, I just, I just don't. And, and Trey, um, you know, I think he, he, that's why he's a good teammate and a good leader. Cause he, he is able to have those feelings um, that, that Zachary, um, I think at a, at an early age, you know, he, he's, he said before that, um, you know, if, if my older brother could play basketball, he would, he would love to do that. And so I, I get to do that. So he always, I think respects the game and respects, uh, that opportunity and keeps it in perspective. So I think you're right. Um, Zachary is special needs and he goes to the gym almost every day to, to play. He just, he never gets to play in a game. Right. And, and Trey, what, what do you want to say about your older bro? Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I love him a lot. Uh, he, he's there for me, um, even though he can't really um, do all the things that I've been able to do and go through. Um, but he, he's always he's always been there for me um, and, and asked how I'm doing and kind of just saying some funny stuff about basketball <laughs> all the time and just, like, talking about where he wanted me to go. Um, um, and it, it really, to be honest, uh, it wasn't a really good 
was it going to look? Uh, he wanted me to go to Purdue. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. He like he, he, Coach Painter is always nice to him. Um, so he, he liked Coach Painter and Purdue. Wait, so. wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is there a chance that Zachary picked up the box of Purdue clothes? <laughs> it might have been Zach. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> well, he – he he met uh, the IU staff uh, for the first time this this spring, and he, uh, the first it's the first time he's been to Assembly Hall. So, oh wow! Uh, he uh, Coach Roberts, uh, Mike Roberts, and him really hit it off. They went and shot baskets in Assembly Hall, so um, they're starting to win him over. So we keep trying to talk him into going to a game uh, at Assembly Hall, but um, you know he. He does like uh, Coach Painter, but um, I think if we beat Purdue, he'll he'll be excited for Trey. Well, I have no doubt that Trey and Anthony and Jordan and this group and and the group that's there now is going to be the group that leads us back to where we all want to be. the The way that you approach the game, Mark the 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 basketball discipline knowledge, wisdom, and just respect for the game and your teammates uh, that you've instilled in Trey and that Trey you have embraced is special. It's what we want out of Indiana basketball players. And when you committed, I can tell you that there was a collective celebration from Indiana fans because you are what we want to root for at Indiana, and we cannot wait to see you put on that jersey and the candy stripes and take the floor. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you guys. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, Ward. I love the kids and the parents that are showing up at Bloomington. I love them. Yeah, they just, I mean, it's funny because they're all different. You know, they're all different, um, as everybody is. But there, there is like this... Uh, incredible lovable intensity to both of them you know that like they're not mark and trey mark and trey as opposed to the geronimos who are all like bubbly and joyous right there's but but you hear jordan talk about the intensity that he gets when he wants on defense but like there's like there's not a lot of fooling around with mark and trey right you know what i mean right right they're just they love basketball they take it seriously it means something to them beyond just scoring points and winning games. It's a meaningful thing to the family. Mm-hmm. Uh, they know what they want to accomplish. They believe Indiana is the place to do that. And Mark is, I mean, you could, Mark's accomplishments as a coach, I didn't get into them all. He's won 286 games as a coach, seven sectional championships at two different schools. Just how much of that is in Trey's DNA? How much yeah. has it gone into his ears and, and embedded itself in his brain? So I'm finally reading Blink by oh, Malcolm okay. Gladwell on your recommendation. And the, you know, the split second decision making that's happening at it's an unconscious a, level. It's not a split second decision, yeah, right? Because it's informed by everything that's baked in. Right. It just has to occur that quickly. Yes. And when you have a kid that was was born to to a man who knows more about basketball. Uh, well, he's forgotten more than I'll ever know, <laughs> that you just got to feel so good about not only the intensity on the uh, court, the IQ on the court, and when to, to, to take it all back to Coach Miller getting his guys. Yeah, and I want to just, the IQ on the court, but also the EQ, you know, that people talk about emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. And we talked a little bit about it with his brother, Zachary. The, you can't lead anybody 
if you can't find people that want to follow you. And everything you hear about Trey is that Anthony, it helped Anthony go to Bloomington and IU that Trey was going to be there. Mm -hmm. It helps Christian choose Indiana that Trey and Anthony are going to be there. He's got that thing that people want to follow. You don't win four sectional championships and go to the state championship game one or yeah, they went twice, yep. lost once, and who knows what they were going to do this year in 4A. He's a born and bred leader, and well, we but need I, that. I loved his dad said, great leaders can be led. Yes. And, you know, until in, it's their time. Until it's their time. And it, just all these things are like, well, I, I learned something from Mark right there when he said that, and that's what Trey has grown up with. That's exciting. It also makes me think back to what A.J. Moye said to us about recruiting. And how Coach Knight used to build a car with the recruiting, mm -hmm. right? That yep. one had to be this the carburetor and one had to be the steering wheel. And while we can't speak really to what these guys are on the court yet, I mean, Mark knows a lot better than we do, but we can speak a little bit to the personality fits. Yep. And they're all complementary guys. Like you get why they all get along because you can't have you can't have ten Jordan Geronimos on a team. You you know what I mean? Like they're all good kids. And I'm going back to Trace and Joey and Armand and the other guys that we got a chance to talk to. Mm -hmm. the, there is this nice puzzle uh, coming together with these various pieces that is just so exciting. And when you think about the night players that we've gotten to talk to from different generations, good, solid human beings, often, you know, close to their family, close to their teammates. And it's, that can communicate. That can communicate. Like, seriously. Yes. Right? I mean, Anthony, really bright kid. Jordan, bright kid who can communicate. Trey, clearly that. Trace, when we talk to him, bright kid who could communicate. Joey. And, and when we're talking about not just talent level uh, of, of Coach Miller needing to get all his guys in there, freshmen to seniors you know when we're seeing that and these we now have gotten lucky enough to to talk with everybody you just mentioned and maybe christian at some point christian. you yeah. know that it's like whoa i i totally get it now these these are his guys and whether they're talking about defensive in, intensity iq eq whatever you want to call it after talking to him you're like i get it i get it and i'm excited for it i also think back to because it's more recent not the 2011, 12, or 12, 13 years, but I'm thinking back to 2002 and guys like Coverdale and Fife and Hornsby. Yes. And I see similarities between Trey and Coverdale yep. and, you know, Anthony and Hornsby. And I'm not, I'm not talking about performance on the court. Like, I don't know, you know, but, but just personality wise, there is a, a grit and an intensity and a respect for what they are about to do. Yeah. That that that, that, that separates. The, his, the history of IU did play into Trey's decision. He wasn't like, I wanted to go where my friends were. No. Or, you know, I felt like, it, oh, it th this is where I could find good time on the court as quickly as possible. It was like, no, the history. I wanna I wanna be dad. a I wanna be a part of that history. And his dad was a fan. You know, like that doesn't go away. Yeah, but you know what? I'm a little skeptical that there was even Purdue paraphernalia in the house. You know <laughs> well, what I mean? I, I think it's different. And, when... and his dad was like, I went to an IU Purdue game. I was getting a little upset that he was like making them equivalent. Right. I do think no, it's I was different. Like, no, you went to, to an, an Indiana game, game right. where they were playing those buttholes. I think. 
I agree. I do think it's a little different when you're a coach of major talent. Oh, not just fanatical fans? Right, because he has to have a relationship with Painter. Yeah, no, absolutely. Right? No, there's there is a a professional distance you you probably need to And keep. I know you you make fun of me. I don't hate Painter. I hate Purdue. I hate Purdue, but I don't hate him. I don't. I like listening to him. Weirdo. Yeah, I'm sorry. You like Painter too. You just don't want to admit it. I'll tell you what I think about Painter. No, you're going to make something up. Here. No, I'm not. This is honest. Nothing. I don't listen to his press conferences. Why would I listen to Painter well, talk? played Indiana. I no. To him. Okay. I don't. No, right. I never listen to the other coaches. They're all stupid. <laughs> Come on. I got stuff to do. I'm not listening to those jackholes. You have nothing that would. You could, you could definitely I might, do I that. I might go back and start looking at them now because there's certainly <laughs> some time to kill. Um, but anyway, back to Trey. Yeah, there's just a um, a soberness and a seriousness to him and a maturity level as a kid that you can just tell, like, I mean, he's a kid. He's, I'm sure he still wants to have fun and hang out with friends and go out on the boat. But, like, he's coming to Indiana to do something. Mm-hmm. And, and he's coming to be the best version of himself that he can be. And it seems like he has the work ethic and the mindset to be that and – to make sure others around him are doing that too. To push the upperclassmen, you know, respect them. But I love the fact that, you know, Rob's going to be defended by Trey in practice. Right. You know, that is going to be a huge advantage when they both get on the floor. Yeah, and I think Mark said it. They're going to be respectful of the upperclassmen, but they're not going to back away from competition. And no. if there's minutes to be had, mm-hmm. they're going to grab them. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to be fun to watch. There's going to be, again, we say this all the time, there's going to be hurdles. They're not going to be great. Right from the beginning. It's going to take a couple years. But watching them progress is going to be fun because these are kids who want it badly, who respect the name on the front of the jersey. And it's what we've been asking for. And now us having this, like, you know, increased personal connection to we them want just to, makes us crazier fans. We want to root for them as human beings. Right. You know, and we will have more sympathy when things don't go according to plan because it's like, God, you know, that sucks. But instead of like, well, ah, that guy's terrible. He needs to like sit on the bench. It's like, oh man, I felt sorry. Our, our guys didn't have it today and hopefully they can have it next time. Instead of just that vitriol that shows up on the message boards when a bad game is had. I felt that way all this year about Armand. Yeah, of course. Because when Armand was killing it at the beginning of the year, when he kind of had to, against lesser competition, it was like, oh, my God, it's our guy, and we know India. But then Armand struggled at times, and he was taken out of the rotation at times. And some of that is not his fault. Some of it is because of the play, both in practice and on the court. But he's a freshman, and he learned. And then at the end of the year, he had some really good moments again. And But when he was having the down moments, I was like, I just I can't wait for him to build because – you're rooting for him. You know his head's in the right place. His heart's in the right place. And and he didn't get mad at us when we crashed their dinner at Applebee's and started asking him about what flavor his wings were. No, he just kept eating, <laughs> yeah. and he didn't even look at us, so let's be honest. <laughs> India took some pictures with us, and then we just moved on. No, he was he was very sweet and kind, as was the whole family, but I don't know if we should crash people's dinners anymore. At Applebee's? I mean, maybe we'll just go have dinner at Applebee's. Yeah, right next, next to, to them. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, look, we hope that these podcasts are filling some void during this time. We don't exactly know when this one is airing right now as we record this. Yeah. And it, it to to be shameless about it, I actually do think it's a good time for them to introduce 
friends to the podcast. You know, there's a lot of people in the world that just see a podcast as 90 minutes or three and a half hours and is like, no, no chance am I ever going to listen to all of that. But this might be the time people people start looking into long form podcasts more than than in times past. Yes, I totally agree. It's a perfect time to delve back into the past episodes. In fact, somebody on Twitter saw our our interview with Jordan Geronimo or listened to it and was like, this is so great. Please do uh, Joey. I'm like, we did Joey. Here's the link. So we've got about 60 of these things in the can. So please feel free to, to look back, uh, scroll through. There's more than one screen's worth of episodes. So check it out. Follow us on Twitter at Hoosier Hysterics for the hysterics. No E, no I. But, but the, the sometimes, sometimes why. Wash your hands. Wash your hands and stay far away from each other. We're, we're closer than six feet right now, but we have both disinfecting wipes and a hand sanitizer. Yeah, and we haven't touched like we normally do. Right. <laughs> Usually when Ward and I get together, the first seven, eight minutes is just mutual touching. And, and then we hold hands throughout these entire interviews. You guys don't know that, but we hold hands the entire time. Oh, that's your hand? I don't know what that means. <laughs> From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Archie and his boys, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics.